Bridge, direct. As first officer, I take pride in knowing every name and assignment on the crew manifest. You were to be on the prison transport shuttle that left yesterday. Captain Lorca offered me an opportunity. I can tell by your threat ganglia that you weren't consulted. Hey everybody, welcome to Trek Trudge Discovery, episode four. The, hold on, wait for it. The butcher's knife cares not for the lamb's cry. I am joined today by James Sheaves. Hello. And I'm Byron, Byron Hussey. If I didn't say that, I guess, I guess that doesn't go without saying it's um it's good to be with you nonetheless thanks so um in this episode of star trek discovery we discover that the um big monster from the last episode is a tardigrade an interdimensional tardigrade with a map of fungus spots. Mm, it's a friendly water bear. Mm-hmm. Not unlike the sort of mental map that a squirrel makes of its nut holes. Uh, okay. Is that something that squirrels do? I think so. Hmm. I think that, the, you know, squirrels have to bury nuts for the winter. And they have to memorize the location of like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of these uh, these nuts and things. I don't know if they just right. eat nuts. And presumably they use networks of fungus to to mark these um, points. I think um, I think they use their brains, much oh. like the um, water bear tardigrade uses its brain to map the location of fungus spots throughout the galaxy. Hmm. Maybe? I mean, at this point, it's all guesswork, isn't it? We're, we're being very slowly spoon-fed this stuff. Yeah. Um, so, what did you think of this episode? Look, uh, it's an odd one, isn't it? It feels yeah. like like we've had a tonal shift yet again, like for the third time. Mm-hmm. Like bits of it are almost like goofy. Yeah. I almost thought. Um, I I suspected that maybe. Uh, I mean, I, it, it's it's pretty clear that this show was shot out of sequence, and I thought maybe this episode might have been shot before the previous episode, and I have a reason for thinking that. Okay. I guess I can share the reason now. So it's the the performances. They seem a little um, less comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So specifically Doug Jones, uh, when he has a scene in an elevator talking to um, Michael Burnham 
and uh, he does a lot of like flourishing with his hands and mm-hmm. showing off his long fingers and stuff. And it just looks to me like he's he's uh, kind of letting the makeup do the acting mm-hmm. and that bit. He's, he's he's not quite settled into the the role of this alien yet. Right. It, it didn't at all seem like the the kind of uh, more fluent performance that we we saw in the previous three episodes. Uh, and Burnham herself as well, Senequa Martin Green, um, seemed to me to be doing some Spock eyebrows mm-hmm. in this one, She'd like kind of you know doing doing the raised eyebrow thing. Mm, that's interesting. Whenever like, something interesting happens to her, like overselling the Vulcan thing. Not necessarily overselling it, but clearly selling it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's possible I just missed that she she's been doing that this whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's something that I I picked up on this time around. So yeah. yeah, that's that's my suspicion. What did you think of this episode? Um, I actually have to finally um vent some frustration about the format because mm. I watched it, of course, as I have to, as I am required to, on CBS All Access. And the connection was really shitty, and um, <sighs> like like basically the the um, the uh, I'm not sure if it was it might have been like my local internet wasn't cooperating, but it was very uh, it, it was like um, what's the word like buffering a lot choppy yeah but it was buffering in such a way that it wasn't jumping back. To where it stopped so i actually lost dialogue and Ugh. it would skip at like tense moments just completely smashing the tension like it mm. actually there was there was a scene where um i think it was um what's the uh <laughs> what's the um the tardigrade the, the klingon's name oh valk valk was uh re- rescuing the um the warp core from the mm. um, Shenzo, there mm. was this, this scene like like is it gonna explode? And it's like just as he was about to grab it, the the screen froze. It's like oh well, so there there goes all the tension from that, that scene. And it's like I I, I kind of have to blame CBS for this because Netflix has been doing this for ten fifteen years already, mm. M- maybe a little bit less than fifteen, but definitely about ten. Yeah. We've been it was right there. Yeah, could have partnered. Like, like, I mean, it's settled technology, and maybe it had something, had something to do with the load. Maybe it had something to do with my my um, connection. But I I've, I've literally never experienced that even on like Netflix in like you know yeah. ten years of streaming video. So it's like if you're going to aggressively silo your content behind a, a pretty pretty steep paywall at least make it work you know (laughs) like it it, i mean i don't want to i don't want to compare myself to like a being in a ghetto in world war ii you know (laughs) but 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 that's exactly like that yeah yeah um is have you experienced this problem at all previously to this no not as i mean it's definitely flakier in general like mm. um than netflix but I, I, it hasn't been this bad so anyway yeah. 
Are you enjoying any of the other um, programs on available through CBS All Access? No. Um, no. Not 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 as such. Haven't checked out that Good Wife spinoff. No, I actually I heard they were there was going to be another um, uh, All Access exclusive program. I think they're I think they're doing a season of um, Celebrity Big Brother on All Access. Okay, that would that make sense. Yeah. <laughs> all, all, I'm just googling because I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure there is a new exclusive show. Well, yeah. Presumably, they'd be wanting to build up a library because um, it's not really looking like much at the moment. Like I can, I can only name the Good Fight and Star Trek. Yeah, I think it's the being, Good Fight. Was the one I was thinking of. Yeah, the two exclusives that I would mm. be at all interested in. Yeah, but I haven't watched that. Um, um, well, uh, uh, what did you think of, of the content of the episode itself? Um, I thought it was, uh, it's tough because like, (laughs) I feel like it's sort of blurring together with the last like two episodes for me, Mm -hmm. but, um, it was, it was okay. I like, I think it's an interesting idea, like what they were getting at with the tardigrade and, and so on. I think it's a little, little, still a little bit odd um, that they they have this technology, um, mm-hmm. which is better than technology they had in, you know, the next generation, uh. like before the original series. But then again, it does involve like literally just cruelty to animals, and it's inc- extremely risky. So it might might have just been banned. Well, yeah, I I I would just like. I, I assume that uh, no. I, I want to say something even stronger than assume. I, I basically know that we're going to end up with oh, the spore drive is an unworkable concept by its very nature mm-hmm. because they wouldn't have set up a prequel with this new, you know, propulsion system if the propulsion system was just going to disappear from canon after that. So there's, there's clearly going to be a reason. Uh, that they don't stick with it, and I, I presume it will be something like it tears the fabric of, uh, you know, the universe, or you know, it, um, uh, it's you know just inherently cruel in, in in some horrific way. Yeah, well, it is. It's definitely cruel to the tardigrade. Yeah, um, he, it's also incredibly dangerous. Like, clearly, they almost died doing it, and the other ship did get. Uh, you know what happened they had their dna unraveled yikes yeah um, what 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 was the meaning of the uh title of the episode yeah i was um i was arguing about this before um so the butcher's knife cares not for the lamb's cry uh it sounds very like kind of star trekky uh in, in terms of those like uh, like self-important titles. I think what it's referring to is uh, the colony that's being attacked by the Klingons and how um, the the violence that is being visited upon the Federation is indifferent to, um, y- you know, it's indifferent to, to suffering and protest and whatever. And um, uh, so... Captain Lorca, um, you know, plays the the messages from the 
from the dying colonists over the PA uh, on the discovery. So I think he's trying to impress upon them the idea contained within the title that, um, you know, th- th- this isn't going to stop just because we ask nicely. Mm-hmm. I think, but um, to, to be honest, it is it, it is a more obscure title. Yeah, like last week it was context is for kings, and that was that was pretty straightforward. Um, so like, oh, that's, so that's what that means. So they sort of set this precedent um, of explaining a confusing episode title, and then mm-hmm. abandon it immediately with an even more confusing title yeah. with no explanation. Maybe we'll get um, uh, uh, a revival of um, uh, the, the old technique from Deep Space Nine where uh, they had the episode uh, It's Only a Paper Moon where they play the song It's Only a Paper Moon in the episode. So maybe maybe we'll have a musical episode. I hope so. I love mm. music. Um, Bring, brings joy. So what else happened in this episode? We are introduced by name to... Saru's threat ganglia. Yes, which um, is another sort of red flag that maybe this was filmed before some other episodes because it seems like the sort of thing you might mention in a pilot. Yeah, and it, they they actually came out in I think the pilot. Um, but uh, even, even if they... it was filmed before, you would think that it was they were written in order. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I'm not. I'm not so sure. It seems very confusing. But like, the fact that we still don't seem to be out of pilot territory, these still feel like pilots, mm-hmm. is um, starting to. I don't know. Get on my nerves a little bit, but. Um, uh, I mean, I guess we're we're learning a little more each time. Well, we, we still haven't really settled on the crew. Like, we uh, lost our. Yeah. Security officer. <laughs> Rest in peace. Uh, Commander um, Landry. Landry, yeah. This Played is by... Rekha Sharma. Rekha Sharma. It's clearly a metaphor for... Um, uh, because she was the, the actress in uh, Star Trek Continues. It's, it's a metaphor for CBS uh, demolishing the fan productions with their <laughs> new um, set of guidelines. Mm-hmm. Well, just, they just murder them. They did at least make her like a really unlikable, unpleasant character <laughs> just before she died. I guess. Yeah, that was a pretty dumb move that she made. And I, I got to say, like, it's pretty dumb in general to have a vicious creature stored behind a force field that could fail or, you mm-hmm. know, be turned off. And it's just not smart. Like, you need yeah. a physical barrier. It's not dependent on an electrical current. Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds like an but... indictment of uh, force field cages in general. Yeah, which <laughs> I guess I just got to roll with it because that's a that's that's just uh, we we just have those in Star Trek and we just it's yeah. fine. It seems like um, just locks and doors are probably better. Hmm. Maybe um, uh, it's like um, uh, how the transporter is safer than flying in an airplane. Mm-hmm. Except for that it... Um, Occasionally discombobulates you. Yeah, or p- 
possibly just kills you outright and then creates a yeah. clone on the surface that doesn't that believes itself to have your memories. Oh right, yeah, sure, right. Completely yeah, so when even when it's working right, it separate kills consciousness. You. <laughs> um. Um, why were we talking about this? So oh, we got um, we got more Klingon um, culture. Yeah, um, and, uh, they seem a little different as well. Yeah. Well, so Vok um, has been stranded on um, Takuvma's ship for six mm. months. Oh, yeah, because it's been six months since uh, Burnham was, like, sentenced and put in yeah. prison. And... So they've just been floating in space, like, repairing that ship, running out of food, um, yeah. and apparently eating uh, eating Philippa uh, <sighs> Giorgio. <laughs> partly out of revenge. Oh, man. Partly it's, out of um... necessity. See, you, you can't really fuck up worse than that, can you? If your captain ends up eaten by Klingons, yeah, that's like, that's that's top fuck up. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you um, think of the uh, that touch, the uh, Klingons <laughs> eating the captain? It was a bit much, but uh, I I guess that's Klingons for you. Um, I, I would say of uh, the Klingons in this episode that um, uh, Vok seems to be acting in a in a kind of way that's very unfamiliar to me in terms of how Klingons act. Like he seems to be dressed in not quite armor, but it looks more like like a tunic of some sort, and he seems to mm-hmm. be kind of acting like Klingon Jesus. Yeah. Um, even though he's not supposed to be the Messiah, Tukovma is meant to be the Messiah. Yeah. I've heard a lot of uh, criticism about the Klingons. Like, it seems to be that, other, other than the fact that their appearance has changed, people are not happy mm. with them. Um, partly because, like, their dialogue is just so slow. Oh, um, you got to feel for those poor actors, though. Yeah. And it, it seems to be a product as much uh, as of the, um, the prosthesis making it difficult yeah. to speak. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, it's clearly uh, tough to work with. So but they, they're giving it a red hot go. Yeah, I mean it's sort of like a. I mean, it's, I think I, I, I'm actually not as down on it as most of the criticisms I've read. I think it's it, it's pretty well done and interesting. Mm. Like the fact that they're actually speaking in Klingon, um, and they've they've you know put all these sort of like cultural flourishes on them and made mm. them more alien. I think all that stuff is good. Yeah. Um, I, it, it's starting to, to stretch my, uh, I don't know, perhaps not credulity, but maybe, um, uh, it's starting to stretch my, oh, I don't want to say patience either, but I'm, I'm starting to enjoy it a little bit less, but, uh, I, you know, I think that I'll, uh, I'll stick with it. All that stuff I said is true in general, and I think just the storyline of this, these Klingons is getting a little bit uh, dull. Like it, it seems like kind of like a false start 
right? Yeah, a, a little <laughs> bit aimless because we like we're set up. Oh, this one guy is the, and then oh now this guy's, but then oh now there's a third guy in charge. It's like yeah. like what direction are we going here exactly? It seems like they're trying to set up like a Game of Thrones yeah. style, like Klingon House of Cards, House of Cards. Yeah, like Klingon House of House. What are the Klingon houses called? House of of Core, I think. <laughs> House of he's gonna, he's, yeah, he's gonna uh, take over the house of of cores. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how he's gonna do that when he's stranded on the derelict Shenzhou. Yeah. Um, and also, um, I've seen that the actor who plays Vok is uh, credited for only three episodes of this season, implying that he's done now and he won't be coming back. Huh. Which doesn't seem right because is it possible he's, that he's only credited for what has already aired? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I feel like there must have been some sort of mistake. But then um, he's already—he's actually people, been in four, hasn't he? Uh, did, what did I say? Three. No, he's only been in three. There were no Klingons in last week's episode. Oh, uh, that's right. Um, but I, I think like Burnham is credited for 15 episodes. Mm-hmm. So, okay. we'll uh, I, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Like clearly the arc is not done. I, I don't know if they're dropping it here to pick up next season or like, who knows? But, um, yeah, it, it, it's difficult to decipher, um, uh, the, the direction there other than that we seem to be preparing him to you know take over all the houses mm-hmm. again um so that's the that's the klingons uh ooh um i i i don't think i've mentioned this previously but um in reference to the title sequence i i think i've kind of figured it out now and this is probably not news to anyone because the show's been happening for several weeks and i think probably old news but um uh the the fact that there's like literal deconstruction of of the technology like the phaser and the communicator flips open and whatnot that that you know seems to indicate that we're deconstructing star trek mm-hmm. kind of trying to ex- examine it more closely mm-hmm. and then there's other there's other stuff like when the the vulcan hand appears uh doing the the live long and prosper gesture it's uh it's like being composed by like particles so that indicates that we're assembling the kind of optimistic future i guess mm-hmm. through the events in this series and then there's the bit where the ship gets born from a, a like a blooming flower which you know seems to you know say pretty much the same thing where you know we're giving birth to the federation that we know mm-hmm. does that all sound plausible i think so um i I still don't know what some of the other stuff means. Sort of like when, like, um, on, like, Top Chef or any of those cooking shows when they do, like, the challenges to do, like, a deconstructed grilled cheese sandwich. Right. It's like, so it's like, okay, well, I made, like, a um, a puree for the bread. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of like a, a liquid nitrogen cheese crumbles on the top. So you, what, what kind of? <laughs> I know that's, that's totally not at all what you were saying. 
but that's um, exactly what I was saying. That's that's precisely it. it can you just, the can you just revise your um, your observation to fit my my sort of um, flawed metaphor? Yeah. So you, uh, it's uh, you're finding out what makes uh, the whole tick uh, mm -hmm. through the constituent parts. You're you're examining it closely and seeing what it is about each bit that makes it what it is. Mm -hmm. So we we had that captaining style. Uh, in in context is for kings, which we're examining closely, seeing seeing, we're interrogating the idea, and then you know there's there's other shit as well that we're interrogating and examining, and uh, in the end we'll have bright primary colored shirts. Mm -hmm. So we also met, in addition to losing our security officer, we met our mm -hmm. chief medical officer. Yeah. And um, uh, I, I thought it was obvious that um, uh, if they're not in a relationship, um, Lieutenant Stamets was at least flirting with the medical officer. Whose name is... Who knows? <laughs> I, think it's set. I think it's set on the, uh, the wiki here. Let me see if I can find it. Um... Um, I thought it was funny in the sequence before this, like the reason that he's in there is because he wanged his nose and broke it. Mm -hmm. That was funny. Um, and this, I think, is the first, like we always see them with those medical doohickeys that they put over things. I think this is the first time that we actually see it do something in terms of uh, literally CG fixing his nose. Um, and that's funny because... Uh, it's it's such a good device that I've always just kind of assumed that I can see it doing something whenever like Dr. Crusher has the little thing with the pink light mm -hmm. and she's putting it on someone. I go, oh yeah, I can see that it's it's fixing the, ah, even though it's just a pink light. Yeah. So the medical officer is uh, uh, Lieutenant Commander Hugh Culber. Culber. Um, and right. he is played by Wilson Cruz, who many know from as um, the gay best friend in my so-called life. <laughs> yeah, we, we can see where this is going, surely. But, so we've got Stamets, Stamets and um, Culber are both, I mean, I was going to say clearly gay. <laughs> I don't know if that's... Um, too, too, painting with too broad a brush. But do you think, do you think maybe they have a history... No, I I think they're a couple. I think. Do you think they're actually because... actively a couple, and it just hasn't been revealed yet? Yeah, I do. Because um, the the flirting that they did, um, Colbus says like, um, oh, you know, you you might have a feeling sometime in reference to like his frontal lobe uh, being damaged, which seems like the sort of thing that you wouldn't just say to your friend. It's something yeah. that you say to someone that you're romantically involved. That's with. what made me think maybe they had had some uh, relationship in the past and maybe mm -hmm. it, uh, it ended badly but uh, Ooh, maybe but we'll see because it, uh stamets if you'll recall also seemed to have maybe something going on with his uh the other um mycologist uh, uh i thought they were just pals very close like he didn't seem like that bummed out when i mean he did when he died but it wasn't like oh yeah. my lover is dead well, like it, wasn't, see, it wasn't an AIDS parable. <laughs> doesn't 
It doesn't have to be an AIDS parable <laughs> just because they're gay men, James. That's really, it's really, really offensive. Yeah. Well, I, I just saw the the play with um, Andrew Garfield the other week. Angels in America. Right. So I got yeah, AIDS fun. on my brain. Mm-hmm. The got a bad bad case of the AIDS. Ouch. Um, so we meet, so we meet, um, Hugh Culber. Uh, so yeah, I think we're still in this mode where the, the show and the cast and the crew is still coalescing. Yeah. And it seems uh, like there's no end in sight. Yeah. No, cause we're going to need a new security officer. Um, I don't think we know who the science officer is. No, it's not. Um, it's not Saru because he's the first officer now. Is like, um, you know. is Stamets not the science officer? Well, I thought he was some sort of like uh, engineer researcher hybrid. That because... sounds like science to me. No, but the chief engineer is not the chief science, science officer. officer. Who is the chief science officer in uh, the next the next generation? That would be Data, I think. Okay, so Data. Does not equal Jordy. No. But I don't think that Stamets is Jordy. Well, no, but that's the thing. We have a spore drive, so that's why a yeah, mycologist is is in that role. I'd like I don't see how he'd be able to handle a warp drive. Mm-hmm. But um maybe we have to meet another engineer as well. Yeah. I guess we'll see. They just keep throwing the new people at us. And yep. presumably we'll have to replace the security officer, too. I would yeah, think. exactly. Yeah. You would think it would be actually a, like a promotion, right? Like maybe the uh, the alien that looks like Frieza will become the security <laughs> officer. Maybe. Uh, so is there anything in this episode that we haven't talked about yet? Yes. the We get to see the spore drive jump effect for the first time. Oh, yeah. And... Oh my goodness! Pretty cool. <laughs> well, so firstly, the the freaking saucer rings rotate. Like, mm-hmm. didn't see that coming. Yeah. And then, secondly, the the ship like it does a cartwheel. It like spins around and then mm-hmm. disappears. Uh, what's your assessment of this effect? Um. Trying like some, some fancy, fancy stuff in it's space. It's silly, isn't it? I think it's. I, I mean, like it's maybe a little, little over the top. I didn't really get like a, a silly. Didn't it? Didn't it? Didn't uh, lame me out. I would. I didn't get my lame. My lame dar didn't go off. Mm-hmm. I just. It doesn't seem to like. From what we know about what they're doing, like, oh, it's a fungus network, you know, across the galaxy. Mm-hmm. That didn't seem to me to indicate, oh, the ship should spin around. Yeah. Like, I would have thought, oh, it would just kind of phase out, you know. But that, I would, guess be, that would be so boring. I guess. Like, they're wanting some sort of iconic effect, like the, you know, the stretching and the jump to warp. Mm-hmm so that they can establish some sort of visual identity for this series. But I think it's a miss. Okay. TBH. I think, uh, I think we'll have to agree to disagree. I didn't mind it. All right. 
By the way, uh, speaking of um, new cast members, there's a little um, trailer going on a loop for Stranger Things Season 2 on uh, mm-hmm. Memory Alpha here. And it looks like Paul Reiser has made it into the second season. Wowee. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you, you, if you have Winona Ryder in season one, you got to up the ante. Mm-hmm. Paul Reiser. Well, they all, it's, it's also, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Samwise Gamgee. I don't know what's his name. Samwise. Oh, uh, Sean Astin. Sean Astin is, is also in it. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't pick him out of a lineup. What? He's, he's very distinctive looking. <laughs> is he? I'd pick um, Elijah Wood out of a lineup. Well, I mean, yeah. But not not Sam. Okay. But he was also not Rudy. Sam-wise. Did you see him in Rudy? Rudy. Uh, no. It sounds like you just don't. Maybe like Samwise is your only experience with Sean Astin, which is the the court. He was also Goonie, <laughs> if you recall. Well, um, okay, I'll 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 come completely clean. I've never seen Lord of the Rings. Have you seen Goonies? Uh, yes, once. Okay, well, he's a Goonie. He's like the main Goonie. Okay, all right. Yeah. Okay, this is like this is the problem here is that you just you just don't know what you're Stunning. talking about. <laughs> all right so um what were you talking about the spore drive jump uh you think it's lame i think it's fine elon musk is canon as of this episode oh yeah and he's like elevated as one of the like um pioneers of all yeah. time science stuff which weren't we supposed to be like having the bell riots right about now? So isn't that a little bit of a revision? Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and and the eugenics wars were meant to happen wars. in like the nineties. Well, so like I don't know. It's a kind of a different alt universe, Elon Musk. Clearly, yeah. I mean, Elon Musk is a constant through all throughout all uniform universes right maybe he's like a rick and morty style um character like rick yeah like across the trans-dimensional realities yeah he's an anchor you have to have like a really high iq to to um <laughs> understand that reference <laughs> right because it's a uh, naranaya volia literature mm-hmm. um Oh, um, something, uh, a little thing that we get returning in this episode is magnet boots, which I think we probably saw the last time uh, in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. I don't think so. I think there were some magnet boots in oh, First in Contact. First, no. First Contact. Yeah. Wait, was that the one with the Borg? Yeah. When they go out of the ship. Wasn't that, um, oh yeah, First Contact. For sure. Um, all right. Well, that's uh, that's my point. Yeah, uh, obliterated slam, then. Slam dunked on you. And um, knowledge. That's furthermore, I, th- I I thought it was like oh, because Klingons used it in that one, but actually no, it wasn't Klingons in that one. It was uh, two Federation guys on board think, a Klingon I think, ship. I think Worf used it. Oh yeah, I'm talking about six. Oh, that's right. Okay. With um, the pink blood interesting um factoid from memory alpha 
mm. this is the second longest title. Right. Yeah. Seven hundred episodes of Star Trek. the The first longest is for for the world, for the world is hollow, hollow and I have touched yeah. the sky. Sounds like it's kind of an homage to that, a little bit. Oh, um, like it's it, like it's clearly an homage to like all the, you know, puffed up titles like you know, Interama, Enem Cylind Leggers, and City on the Edge of Forever, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of them. Yeah. Um. Mm, the um when when Burnham finally opens. Giorgio's will. Uh, I I I thought it it was um, it, like it really hit you uh, when when she assumes that uh, um, Burnham will have her own command by now. Mm-hmm. It's like oh mm-hmm. boy, like lol at your fucked up life. Yeah. So regarding the will, um, she left Burnham a telescope. Can we yeah. assume that's not the same telescope that was on the Shenzhen? Well, yeah, uh, can we assume that? Because like, I thought it looked like it had some burn marks on it, but then it's a good question. If, some if burn marks? From the Shenzhou, some burn marks. Yeah, like you like, would think, by the way, you would think they yeah, would have, have gotten off. possibly also, if they went and got the telescope, maybe they could have taken the warp core. Right, and blown up too. the ship. Those may be valuable. Mm, can't be that valuable. I think it's actually pretty interesting to compare this episode with a an episode of the Next Generation that we watched recently, one one zero zero one zero zero one, where they pretty much at a you know at a moment's notice were ready to to completely blow up the ship with themselves on it. Um, to prevent it from falling into enemy hands, where mm-hmm. in this timeline, and maybe maybe this is these are Federation rules that just haven't been written yet, but they seem happy mm-hmm. just to ab- abandon a derelict, warp-capable, fully armed starship yeah. um, for, for 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 months for Klingons to scavenge. It's it's possible they didn't uh, have much choice. I'm not really quite sure what the circumstances of the evacuation were. Well, I certainly think that it precludes them going back to salvage the telescope. Yeah. So, indeed, it's a question, how did we get it? Is it the same one? I mean, um, maybe, it's, maybe that will be explained. Like maybe not. Telescope collection? And that's what yeah. she gave everyone. Like, here's another that's... telescope. <laughs> I I got this just for you. Mm-hmm. I had you specifically in mind. Like, if she had like a stamp collection, she would do the same thing. Like, here's one stamp for you. Right. One stamp for you. Or maybe like a um. Because they'll they'll surely have skyrocketed in value. By this time, maybe like a Funko Pop collection. <laughs> right, they're um, uh, valuable collectibles. You'll get my Freddy Krueger Funko Pop. Yeah. You will get my Tenth Doctor, Doctor it's, Who Funko. It's like in- increasingly absurd. Like uh, when you when you see the new ones that they bring out for whatever movies in theaters right now. Like they have mm-hmm. 
people from Blade Runner 2 and you uh, you look at them and you go, now who's that? <laughs> it's it's a guy. It's just a guy. <laughs> yeah. I saw an, an ad for a um, Walmart exclusive Bruce Banner Funko in celebration <laughs> of the um, Thor Ragnarok coming out. And it's... it's right. It's... Um... It, it, I mean, I guess it sort of looks like Mark Ruffalo. Hmm. With a with a big head. Yeah. Getting really angry no. about um, fracking. Yeah. You would, wouldn't you? And you don't want to see him when he's angry. No. Uh, no. No. That's a that's an awful thing to collect. It's terrible. I I like them. It's bad because there's, there's always going to be more of them, and I don't, they'll just take I don't, up space in your home. I don't pretend they are worth anything and i think it is a problem that they are uh they are they take take up too much space um <laughs> i think um i can't remember if i've i've shared this story before but um zachary once got me one as a present and i made mm-hmm. him take it back <laughs> <laughs> it's a really it's a really dick move <laughs> just, just pretended to enjoy it you can have one Should've, yeah just it one. should be special because it's from him. Right, it should be. Wow, it must be really, really hard to deal with. Yeah, it's I'm a I'm a I'm a difficult personality type. Yeah. So um, Burnham gets the telescope from Michelle Yao. Yeah, Yo. I forget what the message was. Is it to um, always keep on the lookout for trouble? <laughs> Sounds about right. Hmm. Um. So and then so we we so where do we leave things? Basically, we now have an operating spore drive that uses mm-hmm. the mental map of the tardigrade. Of yeah. the of the galaxy. So, how difficult would it be to sort of download this map and just start using that instead of using the tardigrade? Mm. Is is the implication that the tardigrade's brain is a more powerful computer than any computer they have at the time? Uh, it's perhaps not a matter of um, power, but uh, organization, like the. The human brain isn't necessarily, you know, more powerful than a given computer, but uh, it can do things that the computer can't because of its pathways and so forth. Mm-hmm. So I imagine that's what we're dealing with. Okay. That's just bullshit, though. Um, I mean, it's like, I feel like it's like, it's a map of some kind. They vi- yeah. they were able to visualize it, in fact. Yeah. Can um, they just take a screenshot a, of the... Right, it's, it's not just a map of here's a place and here's a place. It's like mm-hmm. um, he has to know the the probabilistic routes. That's right. Yeah. It's um, like because it, four-dimensional um, chess. Right. Because Stamets can't plot it just in the computer because uh, it breaks down after a number of steps. Right. You can't – like the, the likelihood of crashing into a star after, you know, X number of jumps in this area – increases by some number because which is too bad know. yeah yeah so, so i think it is it's safe to say this this technology is going to be banned 
and that's why it's not around. Yep. Either that unless, or... Unless we establish trans-dimensional timelines, and this is actually Kelvin Part 2, mm-hmm. after all, which they said that it's not, but some suspect it may be. Yeah, I, I actually still suspect that that, that to be a po- one of the possibilities. I, I would not rule that out on the basis of their claiming that it is mm-hmm. not. I, I think that there will be trans-dimensional universes uh, that come into play, but uh, we will ultimately end up um, with some sort of, uh, oh, look, it's Kirk and Spock and the Enterprise mm-hmm. ending because uh, that's, that's fan service. Yeah. Okay. Anything else about this episode that may um, be worth discussing? Yeah. Did I mean, this is going right back to my comments at the start, but did you feel that some of the editing was maybe a little bit funny in this episode? Well, calling back to my earlier problems, the uh, mm. I did feel like some of it was strange, but I couldn't tell what was a result of me watching a very choppy, um, buffered, buffering yeah. stream version. Um, so it seemed to me as though, uh, some of it was like, like cracks were papered over with ADR. So you'd have a character walking out of the room and they would say something like, you know, Oh, meet me anywhere. Or, or, you know, they'd, they'd say some line. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, well, you can't see their mouth moving. So it just seems like ADR. Um, and ADR, uh, stands for. Oh, uh, automatic dialogue replacement or something like that. That's when they um, bring actors in to the studio to re-record lines. Okay. I, would, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they had to do a bunch of that kind of stuff. With yeah, the, uh, fixing it in the, post. When like Fuller exited and they had to sort of re- recombine everything. Or did he yeah. exit long before they started shooting? Uh, I'm, I'm not completely clear on that. Um it must have been early in the in the shooting process, but possibly they had shot some stuff while he was still there. But you know, like clearly there was some sort of like creative shakeup that they yeah. they would have had to get their heads around. Um, specifically, there was another sequence um, where uh, Lorca uh, uh, gets rung by an admiral while he's eating some squid, mm-hmm. and um, uh, he says, uh, like, oh, please excuse the breach of protocol. And it just seems like his line was kind of cut off there while he was eating a squid. Mm-hmm. So that, that just another instance of slightly awkward editing, I thought. I, I can't understand why that would be uh, like a, a changed plot point or anything. But uh, I, I found it unusual the way that bit was edited. Maybe he said something um, like anachronistic. About eating the squid or something like that and they're like we have to cut that out that's i don't know what it would be i'm grasping at straws here <laughs> yeah well uh i th- i think that's the extent of my 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 takes okay. uh there's probably more that i could remember but um oh well well it looks like the next episode we're going to get our first dose of mud 
Right, yeah, and I'm desperately trying to rewatch the original series episodes to actually get up to Harry Mudd so that I know who the fuck he is and don't sound like an idiot on yeah. this podcast. Why don't you just skip ahead a little bit? Aren't they all I made think... so that you can watch them out of order? Yeah, um, and well, that's in fact how they screen them. Um, uh, I, I think the next one that I'm up to is a Mud one anyway. Perfect. I think uh, yeah. he's got some kind of harem. Yeah, and he, he's some sort of jolly intergalactic man. Mm-hmm. Man of mystery. Yeah. Played in this series by... Dwight Schrute. Dwight Schrute. Yeah, let me... With the, Choose Your Pain is the next episode, which um, is airing tonight as of recording. Oh, boy. Um, Rain Wilson, that's his name. Couldn't think of it. Oh, yeah, oh. it's actually... Um, Monday Rain. here now. I wonder if it's. I wonder if it's gone live. Whoa! Maybe I you can wanna, go and watch it right after. You this. Watch it right now, while we're recording this, and just go get like, live commentary. Don't have to come back next week. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. It's a lot of fun for everyone. Mm. Okay. Well, good takes. Cool. Um, well, thanks, James, for doing this. This is it's been a real treat. A lot of fun for me. And mm. presumably all the listeners too. Yeah. And um, great time. Uh, sorry, and to Zach, I'm sorry that you had to go through that with the pop. That's, <laughs> it's a horrible story. It's really, really sad. I'm not sure that he even remembers it. I'm gonna. I'll remind him. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, well, catch you next time on Trek Trudge Discovery. <sighs> Discovery. Discovery. Like an echo, echo effect there. Okay. See you later. Good night.